All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's been a minute since I've seen you guys. Um, been doing some virtual conferences, been kind of busy on our side and helping out CPA firms. But we are back today with episode number 22 of how to or to build a kick-ass offshore team, hashtag BKOT. So thank you for taking some time out and joining us. Today, I have an awesome guest with me, uh, Brandon Poe. He is the uh, CPA and is founder of Poe Group Advisors. And we're going to be talking about accounting firms and building your practice for tomorrow. And along the lines of practice management, development, cloud technology, value pricing, and M&A. So, Brandon, thank you so much for joining this afternoon. Nice to meet you. And so tell us more about yourself. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Uh, yeah, so I'm based in Charleston, South Carolina, and I've been doing mergers and acquisitions just in the CPA firm space since 2003, and we're active in the U.S. and Canada. And last year, 2019, prior to the uh, COVID situation, we started developing a practice management workshop for CPA firm owners, and we started... Um, running the workshop back in May of this year. It's called Accounting Practice Academy. Um, so that's a little bit about my, my background. Uh, our primary audience is CPA firms that are under 5 million in revenue. Um, that's kind of the market we serve. We sell, um, we're, we facilitate transactions. That's our primary business. And the, the coaching is sort of our secondary business. Okay. And so how did you get, uh, how did you get involved with this? So you've been a CPA for quite some time, but everyone always has a backstory. So did you have your own practice or did you just get right into um, coaching? Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, that's a little bit of a long story, but. Um, tell us. So, so I started out at Ernst & Young as an auditor okay. and I got into it and immediately knew it wasn't right for me. And I wanted to, you know, get maybe four or five years experience. I thought I need four or five years of public experience right. before I venture out. And um, so I got that. I went to work for a kind of a regional firm and got some more small business experience, which was really good for my CPA career. Mm -hmm. And then I got a call from an old high school friend and he and his father had a company uh, selling, of all things, plumbing, dish, like a plumbing distribution company, like a Ferguson okay. or something like that. And they said, we need some help with the books. And I said, well, you don't really need a CPA for your, comp your small company to do your books. I said, but right. I'm interested if you can get me into sales. I really want to get into sales work. <clears throat> so I knew early on in my career that I didn't like the detailed nature of CPA work and the, the okay. tediousness of it. And I really enjoyed relationships and sales. Just, I don't know. I just knew that about myself. And so the founder of the company that I went to work with said, okay, <clears throat> I'll, um, I'll teach you how to sell. And so I called on building contractors and plumbing contractors and did the books. <laughs> so perfect. And then they made me a partner and then we started another startup company, like a, a little manufacturing company. And I really liked that sort of startup, mm -hmm. um, 
I liked the creativity of it. And then we decided um, to consider a sale of that startup company. Mm-hmm. And we engaged a lawyer to help us um, with that sale. Mm-hmm. And I got a glimpse of what mergers and acquisitions was like, and I really liked mm-hmm. it. So yeah, fast forward. Yeah. So fast forward. Um, I left the plumbing company and mm-hmm. went to work as a controller for another company. Um, mm-hmm. And then I decided, well, maybe I'll buy a CPA firm. Maybe that's what I need to do. And um, I thought, well, I can buy it. And then I don't have to, I can hire people to kind of do the stuff that I don't want to do. And, and I went to, um, I went and shot pool with a friend of mine and we had a couple of beers and he had, he said, I bought a CPA firm and I found this guy, he brokers CPA firms. That's all he does is sell CPA firms. You should contact him and see if there's one for sale in Charleston. I said, huh? So I get home the next day and I completely forgot the guy's name that he told me. And I Googled the wrong guy and I Googled the guy, um, Howard Holmes, who started accounting practice sales. And it was just a startup at the time. And he, uh, I said, do you have any firms for sale in Charleston? He said, no, but do you want to sell CPA firms? And I thought, huh. So I got on a plane, flew to Dallas, and he signed me up that day. And um, I became one of the top agents at accounting practice sales. And, and then when the founder left, I left and started group advisors so every every uh, guest that i've had on here always has an awesome story and, and it, it's re- it's refreshing to hear because you know you stayed in the industry but you knew that you know the day-to-day work just wasn't for you but you you didn't go off into any other industry you you wanted to figure out how and, and why you could help out your fellow colleagues and you found your niche and so, and that's awesome. I love to always hear the backstory of how, because myself too, right? I, I'm not an accountant or a tax preparer by any means, but I, I just love working with clients. I love talking, which is why I do this. And it's a lot of fun and you have, it's a, it's a different personality though. And you have to be able to uh, give everybody all you can, whether it's the first person of the day or the last person of the day. And so, uh, especially coming from an Ernst & Young background and, uh, you working in with practice management. And, and so w- what does that mean to you? Or what, when people come to you and, and ask about it, how do you describe it and, and to, uh, to a fellow colleague and, and how to help them? About, about practice management in particular? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, um, you know, I probably start by asking them a lot of questions about their practice and see kind mm-hmm. of where they, where they are. But um when I think of practice management, I think the biggest thing that CPAs um, often miss is, you know, I don't know a CPA that's been in practice for very long. that's not very, very busy. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes from a lot of different places. Um, like you can have a scarcity mindset. You feel like, you'll never have enough clients or you never, Mm -hmm. and then you get a scarcity of time mindset. You never have enough time. Right. Mm -hmm. And so where I think practice management, where we come in is when somebody has got an established practice, 
and they got to figure it all out. In other words, they've gotten it up off the ground or they've grown it to a certain level where they're, they're just at a peak in their minds, right? Like, mm-hmm. like how can you go to that next level? Right. And you can't go to the next level when you're too busy. So when I think of practice management, I think of, okay, the first thing we have to accomplish is we've got to create some capacity here. Because if there's no capacity, you can't possibly grow, right? right. So, Absolutely. so when we go when we go through Accounting Practice Academy, we go through an analysis, a client list analysis, a um, some goal setting, and just an overall practice snapshot of where you are with your practice. And then the first thing you need to do is like, okay, what can I cut altogether? What can I delegate altogether? Where do I create that capacity? And once you've done that, then you can start about growing with more intention and profitability. Mm-hmm. So in order, to, in order to make more money, you first have to create more time. Absolutely. Yeah, you're spot on. And it's, um, I mean, literally this, two-year tax season with all the changes two years uh, two years ago and then this year what a year uh it, and i've in speaking with uh, clients myself they're uh, they're fed up they're just tired right and and you know the industry is always at that go 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 attitude and you're constantly busy but it, it's a little too much now and so they're, they're rethinking and 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 trying to figure out you know, how to better serve their clients, how to better onboard their clients, how to, whether they want quantity or quality, I find the shift more towards quality clients, focusing on what uh, uh, they currently have and, and how to help them even more. And so my question is, um, when, when working with a firm and, and they come to you, and um, are you utilizing a lot of cloud technology? Is it like all you go for or are you uh, suggesting um, based on, on their current practice now? Or, or what are your thoughts and, and how do you go about that? Well, with first of all, I'm not a tech. I'm not a technology expert. Um, right. My sort of strength is more about mindset and fundamentals and business strategy. Mm-hmm. That being said, I'm a big believer in technology. And we just did a tech workshop with um, Daniel Moshe with uh, Tech Guru, and they just serve CPA firms. And, you know, it was, it was interesting, his perspective, because we just did this workshop, like I said, this morning. And there's not a one-size-fits-all tech stack for a CPA right. firm. There's That's just not. Right. You've got to figure out what, your needs are for your clients, um, what your team needs. Um, it's very specific. And there's so many different applications out there. There's different applications for workflow, uh, tax, um, you know, bookkeeping. There's so many different apps out there. Um, yeah. If I was starting a CPA firm from scratch, browser only tools, like go cloud, no question about it. I'm personally, our business is completely on the cloud. Our CRM is on the cloud. Our, um, we use zero for bookkeeping. Um, everything we use a project management application, it's all on the cloud. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine doing it any other way. So that's okay. definitely where it's going. 
every firm on the planet should be going cloud right now. Yeah, I, um, I found that prior to the pandemic and working with clients, um, with, with us doing offshore staffing, and the concept's been around for a long time, and everyone was fine with the uh, idea of an associate in India, but the remote aspect of it was was a big stopping point. And, and just how to, how to set this up, I've never had a, work, a remote worker, everyone comes into an office, right? And, and then all on come the pandemic and boom, everyone's gone, you know, not either fully virtual, but have to go partially virtual. And now changing the way they, they approach their clients. Um, and, and, and one piece um, is, the, is, is the pricing model. So are you, I know the traditional way is kind of by the hour, um, when clients come to you trying to um, figure out, you know, that piece, do you have any ideas or recommendations on, 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 on how to approach uh, that? Yeah. Yeah. Tear up your timesheets, get rid of them, shred them. <laughs> I don't know. Just stop keeping time. And people say, well, how do I know if my employees are productive? Well, yeah. You know, without looking at your time reports, do you know who who's productive and who's not? You know, you know, you don't need yeah. timesheets to tell you that. I mean, you can look at the look at the collection reports per you know by staff. Look at look at what the earnings are. It's all that's important. And clients don't care how much time you have. It goes back to what I was saying about the scarcity of time, the scarcity of of number of clients, it's because you're using the wrong metric. Time, the time you put into something has nothing to do with the value that you're creating. Mm-hmm. Like in my business, we sell CPA firms. I remember I had a client, uh, we sold a firm, gosh, this has probably been 15 years ago. And this guy listed his practice with us and we sold it like, we had a buyer within a week Mm. and we got it under contract. It closed, you know, 30, 45 days after that. Mm. And he wanted a discount on my fee. And he Mm. said, well, you didn't put much time into it. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. I was like, time (laughs) has nothing to do with this. And you didn't see how much time it took me to build all those connections and build the systems and, create the environment where you could sell quickly. And sometimes it doesn't sell quickly. We would have put more time in had we needed to, but you're paying for a result. You're not paying for my time. And that's what, I mean, he, he didn't understand that because he always billed for his time. So he was looking at my time differently, whereas he should have been looking at his time differently. (laughs) No, that's a great example, right? He literally thought, because of the hours of the input that, w- that wasn't there, but doesn't understand everything that's done behind the scenes. And yeah. bottom line is he got what he wanted. The practice. Yeah. I said, I said, he said, I don't, he said, what well, I, I think he said it like, we need to talk about your fee. And I said, Oh, should I charge more? Cause I got it done so fast. <laughs> he didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so with, with um, in, in regards to M and A, right? Uh, I I see that um, uh, the client calls that I'm doing, 
uh, gosh, maybe a year ago or so, one or two out of 10 would be in the talks of um, acquiring a practice or possibly being acquired and wanted to have staff. But uh, nowadays, it's almost, you know, four or five out of 10 calls are looking to build that capacity. Um, and so are you seeing an uptick or, or are you seeing a, uh, from trying to figure out what to do or? Well, we definitely like 2018, 2019 were some of our strongest years. They were our strongest years ever. 2020 has been an odd year. I think um, there's definitely been a bit of a pause this year just because um, I think everyone's been so busy. They've been too busy to think about doing much of anything, selling or buying. So we're probably seeing a little bit of a decline this year. Uh, however, we're still getting a lot of deals done. Um, we put a cloud firm on the market in Tennessee this year, and we had over 300 inquiries on it. Whoa. So there's the, the demand is there, especially for cloud firms. Um, and I think we've probably sold more cloud firms than anybody else in the marketplace. Um, the demand is there for those firms and the multiples are going up. Um, the traditional firms and the rural markets and small towns, we're seeing uh, people or, or I'm hoping maybe that'll shift. Like I hear this trend in the industry that people are going to smaller towns. Um, but there in those, in those small towns, this probably applies to your business. Like I think it's even harder for them to attract talent in small mm-hmm. towns. Yeah. And, you know, technology is, is really even more important in those smaller towns. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we're going to wrap this up in, in a second now. Um, any final thoughts? And I know you have a, this eight-week virtual workshop. Can you talk about that? And then any final thoughts for our, for our audience today? Yeah, I just mentioned the workshop. It's called Accounting Practice Academy. Our next one will launch uh, in May of 2021. So we run it, you, it runs, it doesn't run just any time. You, you, you have, th- we have a couple of dates a year where you can get in. And the reason is, is we group CPAs with other CPAs mm-hmm. all throughout North America. So there's a big uh, community component to it. Nice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, people are making big moves with Academy and it's all virtual. It's all a virtual workshop. Um, yeah. Check it out. Accountingpracticeacademy.com. Perfect. Awesome. So Brandon, thank you so much for joining today, providing feedback and ideas and, and hopefully our audience enjoyed our our, uh, number episode number 22, uh, BKOT. And thank you again for joining. Um, We'll talk to you soon to the audience. Enjoy the rest of your week. Take care. And uh, we'll be back Thursday for episode number 23 and we'll see you then. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks guys.